Let's just bite the cover here. Oh yeah. It's uh, got uh it's happening. I think did Fred like I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like sometimes I call it like uh what is it, you know, Mad Max Thunder Road. Like, <laughs> Mad Max Thunder Road. I think yeah. Like, can you imagine if it was just like a Bruce Springsteen backdrop for the whole movie? <laughs> oh, I think it would be phenomenal. I, yeah. I just, I say it, I only bring up Mad Max because we've got a Jim Lee cover with Fred looking all Mad Max here on the cover. Yeah, yeah. Daphne just looking very Mad Max. Yeah, he's looking very Mad Max. Daphne looking very like, I got a, I got a fireman's axe and I'm not, I'm just going to do that. Daphne looks like a serial killer. Yeah. But it, but, but it works. She's working it. I, I don't know. It's intriguing. Yeah, she, Makes me wanna... she looks like Jean Grey serial killer drawn by Jim Lee. <laughs> Jean Grey serial killer. Oh, man. I mean, huh. it is a Jim Lee cover, and that is exactly how he draws Jean Grey all the time. This is true. This is true. The uh, I shouldn't say all the time. Probably not since, what, 1992. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the time. Well, okay. Okay, let's wind it all back. All the times let's... he was drawing... I mean, he, I mean, he was on there for a few years and then yeah. he went to draw wild cats. Oh, yeah. I have a bunch of those cards and a bunch of those comics. Yeah. And yes. We we just hide them. I think they're actually <laughs> I need I need some cards, but probably not podcast fodder. But I need yeah. like I think I want the Yeah, I need the 1994 DC card set. The DC Universe? Yeah, I think it's called something special. But anyway, yeah. Okay, I'll have to take a look. I have a bunch. I mean, like, honestly, like, you could literally go through my box of cards in the garage. And I would just just, take them. I would just give them to you because it's you. Anyone else? One million dollars. Yeah, I mean, they're going going for like 30 bucks on eBay max. So, (laughs) I, I mean, there's some maxes that are more on eBay, but like there's a plethora of them between 1999 and and 30 bucks. It's one of those deals where you're buying stuff and lesson learned to folks, right? Like if you're going to list something on eBay and you're going (laughs) to put best offer up, then don't counter with the original price when somebody gives you a best offer. But the but the original price was this dollar amount. Yeah, so somebody had one of these sets up for nineteen ninety five. I offered nine ninety five. Uh-huh. And they said they countered with nineteen ninety five. And I'm like And that's when you come back with eleven ninety five. That's when I don't come back with anything. Because I wanted to pay nine ninety five. And I would have said eleven ninety five check me. Now if they'd come back with like fourteen ninety five, I might have, you know, bought it. But they can sit and not sell their stuff. Then that's, this is that's true. fine. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, it's just. And it, uh, there's a lot of new. The, the, and and this is just the new sellers out there. There's a lot of people that I know what I got. I know what it's worth. And I've done my research. I know what I know what this thing goes for. And it's like you're looking at what people are listening it listing it for, not what it's sold sold for. So yep. <laughs> And they can keep listing it for whatever they want. I'm not yeah. going to pay for, I think it's the card set. I think it's like 90 cards. Yeah. That's it. And they're not, you know, it's not a super popular set. It's, it, and what's crazy is like, I mean, literally like a year and a half ago, I was, I, we were, we were giving this stuff away at the shop. Like, I mean, just in the sense of like, oh, hey, you like this? I'll tell you what, get a couple of these things and you know what? I'll break you a deal on this, this card set five bucks. How's that sound? I mean, literally giving it away. Like the only cost was the sleeving. Like I was giving people like all the cards for free. The sleeves were what was costing money. And now people look like Daphne when you try to go after their cards. Yeah. And they want to kill you for sure. With axes or. Oh yeah. Telepath or telekinetic axes. Maybe. Yeah, or you come out then with another price, and then they hit you with that Velma face, like ooh, oh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking more of the constipated Shaggy face from down below. Oh yeah, well, I mean, he's all squatted down, ready to go. He is. He, he's like squatted down, holding Scooby. Like, don't go, Scoob. Yeah. That was a, oh, Scoob. Well, we are into this, and we are into the Scooby Doo apocalypse number three, and where we last left off, they were. Uh, Headed past, I think they were headed past uh, uh, the 
the not the burning man but the fireman burning man whatever yeah yeah, yeah. fire fireman fire fire, man. fire, fire um f- uh, yeah whatever they whatever. looked like they had escaped if i recall but fred was hurt and we're not really sure how mm-hmm. yeah he was he was a little bit mangled so we got to figure out what's going on i i do like the the alt cover uh, yeah. when they're in a graveyard and scooby's just thinking about bones like these emojis of dog bones. <laughs> right? Like, it's hilarious. It looks really good. And that's probably like the thought of most of the eBay sellers overpricing their stuff. <laughs> no, I, but like in all honesty, this like alt cover, I like, I like that stylistic, like the way it looks, it just looks really good. So props to the artist. It, it just has that good, that seventies kind of comic book feel. Yeah. Except it looks like it. I mean, am I wrong here? It looks like it's just color pencil, right? Possibly. I'm not an artist. I'm not yeah. an artist. I don't know, but I just, I definitely like it. it like it, it looks like the lines were inked, but it looks like the coloring was done in colored pencils. Yeah. So however they wash that, it's really cool. Yeah. It has that, it, it, what it, it looks like one of those um, mystery house books. Yeah. 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 No, I really <laughs> okay. like it. Yeah. I know. I really like that. I like both covers, honestly. I mean, Good. I'm making fun of the Jim Lee cover. But Jim Lee's put out some neat covers for this so far. Yeah, no, I, I I like them both. I would, I mean, honestly, I I would, I if I found them both, I would buy them both probably. Well, I think the cool thing here is uh, we get to the first page and we've got Giffen and uh, Dave Mateus and Howard Porter, and Howard Porter <gasps> has an inker this time, Whoa. Dale Eaglesham. So we've only upgraded the quality of the art even more. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> If if Howard Porter wasn't enough, we'll add <laughs> Dale Eaglesham. Yay! <laughs> Loving that. Uh, we got yeah. Nick Napolitano on letters, Hi-Fi on colors again, and we've got the covers, uh, Jim Lee and Alex Sinclair on the main cover, and that's John Paul Leon on the variant cover. So it may have just been colored pencil. Just got one artist there. Oh, wow. That's cool. Okay. Well, I'm curious. Maybe I should have done my research before the podcast and found out. Perhaps, perhaps the Mr. Machine's looking like it just like ran through a hot dog stand. It has a bunch of mustard and ketchup on it. That's mustard and ketchup, right? I mean, it looks like bugs, bug blood. Or is it, is it mutant mutant blood? Blood. Oh my gosh. They ran over all the mutants. We don't know that yet. Oh man. It looks like it could be. I don't know. Yeah. They're up overlooking the burning man, right? Yeah. But there's some vultures everywhere. Somewhere Vulture. in the Nevada desert, um, there's vultures everywhere. I, this page is such a nice touch to start yeah. out. I, I love the splash. Uh, they haven't all been this way. Um, I mean, they've all been really nice, but I like the the way the splash starts here uh, with kind of these nice Easter eggs, right? With the vultures kind of circling around. Right, right. And they, they're asking Velma how she's doing, and they're all kind of chatting. We already get the chattiness already. <laughs> and Velma's <laughs> ready to throw up. So that's where we're at. She's not doing too good. Yeah. You know, Velma seems to have some issues with pretty much everything. Yeah. Well, we're on to the next page and we're back to our six panel grids. Our very, the creative six panel grids that Porter's been doing so well. And I, again, I guess it's gotta be a combination. I mean, it's a combination of all three storytellers, right? We've got, you know, Giffen doing the layouts, uh, Porter drawing the beautiful layouts and, Demetrius scripting and it's again beautiful and we're continuing that trend just the pattern is good yeah and i like i like the um i like how he angles the the panels for action even when there's not action but i think when it angles like this it always makes me feel anxious to get keep going to the next page right it's it had and also too i've, I've noticed and i'm not sure if you've noticed but like the top and the first panel and the last panel are not they don't have boxing around it. Right. Just all the other four panels. And usually like three panels are one color and one panel is not the same. Well, and we start off here and Fred's still hurt and they're uh, headed out. He's they're not looking about good. <laughs> nanite plague. Yeah. But, and we get Daphne thinking Velma for helping Fred out. But Fred's Fred's not looking good. I do love the nice touch down there in the corner panel, how they put in a nice X bandage over his bicep, though. Yes. And make sure that that'll take care of it. Oh, yeah, of course. Torn bicep. You just put a couple pieces of tape over it. Yeah. Rub some dirt on it. You're good. Well, is it that kind of that 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 kinetic tape that holds it tight? So when it moves, it, it... kinetic tape. Is that what it's called? 
kinetic tape. I don't know. <laughs> is that what it's called? It is an kinesiology tape. Or yeah, kinesiology tape. tape, kinetic tape, whatever. I don't know, man. I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not a, a master of all these things. I just know when my hamstring is hurt, I throw it on and I feel better. Uh, it's, it is kinesiology tape. I just want to make okay. sure I right. I was okay. right. Um, but there is kinetic tape at Amazon. I apparently, cause we sell everything. Is it a real uh, thing? What's no, kinetic it's kinesiology tape. tape. It's okay. people mistyping it. It says tape okay. kinetics, premium kinesiology tape. So there is a company called tape kinetics that sells premium kinesiology tape. Okay. They so, knew, they knew that people would mess it up and they so put they named all the, their, yeah, they named their company kinetics. That is smart. See, it's it's kinesiology kinetic tape that goes over Fred's owie that makes him feel better. And they put it on his face to hopefully they'll make it better, too. Right. Well, <laughs> that sure. <laughs> I'm just going to roll with that. <laughs> OK, uh, we get to the other page, of course, with it angling back the other direction. And now Daphne is in, uh, in one of her moods because she's flipping uh, again on Velma. First, yeah. she's apologetic. Then she's mad. Then she goes and yells at Scooby, which is not okay because no. you never yell at dogs. No. People that yell at dogs really make me angry. Yeah, they're, they're kind of, it's it's kind of messed up. It's like, you, you dude, like, what you does can, the dog do? You can raise your voice to a dog, right? If I need to get my dog to not go in traffic, for example, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say, Juliet, you know, like, yeah. you know, if uh, I have another dog walking by like I did this morning and she kind of randomly because this is odd for her i mean she does bark when people knock on the door but she barked at another dog this morning in the dark which you've met my dog that's kind of yeah. odd for her oh, yeah. you've also seen her do that in well you've seen her do that in a knocking situation right yeah. where she yeah. just parked up mm-hmm. uh but usually weird but i just said hey juliet you know i just said i didn't say it like that i said juliet sit <laughs> yeah and she sat you just never need to really yell at dogs right they right. they don't and i yelled at a dog the other day Oh. He jumped up on me. Yeah. And I always felt bad because when you're training them right, you don't really need to yell at them. But there's Daphne yelling at Scooby, calls him flea ridden. And he's like, yeah. flea ridden? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not flea ridden. ridden. I know if I had reeds. Yeah. So he's, he's uh, anyway, then she apologized to Scooby and Velma's all jealous because Scooby's getting a big hug. Yeah. So then they flash back and they're <gasps> at the complex five hours ago. Oh, okay. So man. we're finally, we're getting the, finally getting the story where they get into the van. So we left off before, uh, when they couldn't get into the mystery machine and, uh, they were, well, they weren't there yet. They'd identified it. And here we mm-hmm. go. And there's a big kind of looking like, um, scary. I, guess, I mean, I guess blockbuster is a ripoff of the Hulk, but it, it's looking yeah. like blockbuster from DC comics. Okay. Yeah. Uh, with the yellow. Yeah. Or orangish yellow. And apparently mindless. Yeah. So yeah. we get that. And there's a, I, you're going to get a lot of references today because I started reading all uh, over 1000 pages of my who's who omnibus this week. Oh no, I am so in for a treat. And you are in for a treat as I continue to read this because I'm getting like the whole state of the DC universe from 1984 to 1986. Okay, a listener, um, because I know we only have one. And if we don't have just one, please let us know because boy, oh boy, we're just pandering to that one person that we think listens to us still. Still, gosh, I hope hope they still listen. Um, uh, Listener, Dan wanted to do the who's who. Instead of Scooby-Doo, I beg well, of you. I don't think we should have done the Who's Who because it's a lot. I've only made it to like 100 pages. I made it through three issues of the we, Who's Who so we, far. We wouldn't have gotten there. We wouldn't have gotten very far. For those of you that don't know, Who's oh. Who was a series put out by DC <laughs> Comics from 1984 <laughs> to 1986. Oh. And then later, well, anyway, but how yeah, for those they, of you that don't know. How often did they put out the Who's Who's? Uh, I think they did. I think the first one is... 26 issues i could be off it, they they were going to try to go i think for less than that and then they needed a couple more issues and then they did an update after crisis mm-hmm. where they put in ent- updated entries for like blue beetle booster gold some other characters but those would be the two biggies uh coming out of crisis i think and a who's uh, who is is essentially like a 
kind of like a yearbook, right? Or like a Facebook it's or an DC? encyclopedia. It's like oh, an, an encyclopedia. encyclopedia. That's a better Nobody way to put it. Nobody knows what that is, though, anymore. So okay. I think it's, so it's like, like a like Wikipedia. But oh, or like Facebook paper. for DC. It's like a Wikipedia on paper. <laughs> oh, my goodness. How quaint. They did this in yeah. the 1980s? And then they did in it the- <laughs> what, toward the end of the 80s. When did the Loose Leafs come out? Was that uh, early 90s? That was 90s, right? The 1900s, yes. Yeah. I remember them so, so well. The, uh, but later they did like a loose leaf version where you got you could rearrange them. You could pull them out and put them in a binder and rearrange them. It's really cool. It was a really cool concept. I, I believe Marvel started it actually. Uh-huh. Uh, DC uh, did this. It is around the same time. They, they were really trying to catalog things. I would yeah. like to point out, though, I just yeah. got to the entry on Captain Marvel. Whoa. Not Shazam. Whoa. It's in the seas under Captain Whoa. Marvel. We have this conversation quite often between you and I. I just like I. to point that out. Yes, but I'm correct because it's in the seas I, under Captain Marvel. I can send you a picture. I, and I, fact, I, I, maybe no, I'll you, attach you a picture did, to this, you, this podcast. You already sent it to me. Look, it's right here in the seas. And oh, I, you mean I, I, I already <laughs> sent that? Okay. You already, yes, you've already sent it once or twice. Uh, but on you know, as far as social media, <laughs> who's who at this point though uh, is such a great historical piece. Uh, that I wanted to grab them and read them. So, and there's a second omnibus coming out in the spring. So I wanted to oh. start reading this one before I get that, because the second omnibus is going to contain not only the who's who loose leaves, but all the seven issue who's who in the Legion of superheroes. Oh man. Which just side note, the Legion of superheroes are so vast, like that story that they needed seven issues of a comic just to catalog the characters. Seven issues. Seven 30-page issues with characters on a page. Insane. Sometimes multiple characters on a shit page. Yeah, so it's fun. They did one for Star Trek, too. I don't know if that one's going to be included or not, though. I did not see it on the list. Wow. But it's pretty cool if you're a big history nerd. Uh, so anyway, sometimes I like to dig into people writing about comics. But in this case, uh, this was fun. They hired, get this too. I know we're distracted from Scooby. Uh, that's okay. For a second, but they hired somebody, I forget the person's name, <laughs> to read all of the DC Comics catalog from like the beginning of time. Yeah. That was their job for two oh, years. No way. I want that job. Can, I, can, can we do another who's who? I am available. That's... Uh, I, I can read all of the DC Comics from the beginning of time. I'm, I'm fine with that. That's a lot of reading, I am sure. It is a lot of reading, but your job is to literally read comics. I mean, that would be a good job. You know what they need to do is they need to come out with another follow-up book called What's What, where it puts everything together and into perspective. It's a who's who. Yeah, they've tried that several times. Um, History of the DC Universe, Crisis, Zero Hour, (sighs) Crisis, Crisis, Infinite, Crisis, Infinite Crisis, Extreme Infinite Crisis, Extreme Crisis, Death Metal. That's the new one. But have they put it into an encyclopedia? Well, the history of the DC Universe, actually, all joking aside, uh, they did put it out for Crisis to try Mm -hmm. to rewrite the history of the DC Universe uh, uh, post-Crisis, right? When they combine the multiverse into one. Mm -hmm. It was an attempt to to explain what happened in the Crisis story, I guess. Yeah. Because that... I mean, Crisis is remembered well, but if you read it now, yeah, you know, or if you read it then, yeah, you know, yeah, it was cool. It was kind of like it was kind of like a pro wrestling show where the whole show was just them bringing out new people to get you excited. Mm-hmm. But then no storylines actually happened. <laughs> it's well, it's so funny because like when when you talk about it, I'm like, oh, it, it w- like it wasn't that long ago. And then I think about it. I'm like, wow, it was actually pretty 1984 long. <laughs> to 1986. Yeah. I mean, you know, but it's like, oh, and then it, like every time they've re- done one of these things, it's like it wasn't that. Oh, it was. It really was like, yeah, because every time I picked it up, it's been, you know, like 10 years. It was there was a really that. cool piece that happened last year, though, called The Other History of the DC Universe, uh-huh. where they took uh, uh, characters of color and explained their story okay. um, in the history of the universe, which was really cool. 
Um, some of them I knew a lot about and some didn't like the black lightning one. I knew a lot about, but then the, <laughs> uh, Mal Duncan and, and Bumblebee one, uh, not as much, uh, even though I felt like I, I, I guess I, you know, I read new teen Titans, right. So I didn't get a lot of Mal Duncan, right. Uh, uh-huh. Mal Duncan was in the original teen Titans at toward the end and, uh, Bumblebee. So, um, even though you see them in media now and on the show and, and, uh, on uh, young justice, of course, they've showed up several times. Yeah. But I, yeah, I didn't. So there were some things I didn't know. They did one on Katana. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it, they were really cool. So again, some of these pieces are a lot of fun. But yeah, anyway, maybe I should get back to Scooby-Doo. I got us super distracted by talking about Blockbuster and see where that went on <laughs> Funny Book Forensics when I start forensicizing it. Forensicizing. Rambles. We're off. Well, <laughs> so we're, we're back in the books. So Jinkies yeah, blockbusters attacking. We get a yeah, exactly. Zoinks, Jeepers, Rut Road, Jinkies, and we better shut up. That's what Fred says. So maybe he's I, talking to I me. I think he says split up, but I mean, oh. shut up is is. It oh, he does say split up. It yeah. does kind of look like shut up though. Yeah. That's okay. Just kill them all. Split up. What, what is that going to do? Yeah, because they. I do like. Yeah, it is split up because that would ruin the whole joke, right? Of it being the show. So because they always yeah. would split up on the show. Yeah. So, so now they start uh, heading out, and of course we know what's what happens if you split up on a D and D campaign. Oh, um, terrible things arise. We <laughs> yes. So they did not necessarily. They did not split up here, and still terrible things start happening. So we get a next page. Scooby's down. Uh, diving out, uh, Velma gets grabbed by monster, monster kills it, yeah. and then freaks out because he shot a human. He thinks, and then uh, there's a big thing slobbering all over him. Uh oh! And uh, of course, Shaggy was a Buddhist in high school for six months. He's completely appropriate. Yeah, yeah. That was while he was growing out his mustache and his beard, and and and. What do, what do you think his latte of choices? You know, I'm I'm gonna say probably uh, I'm gonna oh uh, it's probably like a, a a chai really a chai latte. I was gonna think lattes would were beyond him, and he just sits there and sips dark black coffee. Oh no, I'm thinking he's he's got he he likes the different spices and stuff like that. So he's a chai chai latte. See, but I thought he's, also- he's above lattes. He no, likes things no. natural. He's he's a he he goes he goes chai latte, double shot espresso, sunk it's, in there. Sounds like the most disgusting thing you've ever talked about. Have you ever had one, Dan? Well, I don't like coffee. They're freaking amazing. And I don't drink caffeine. Oh my gosh. So that I mean I do like chai lattes. Yeah. That well, but, you gotta throw that double shot espresso in there. Or go quad shot. You don't even know until you try it. Okay. Well, I I thought you were going Chris Farley and then you suddenly switched to Macho Man. So No, I didn't quite get to Macho Man yet. I did I I was I was totally when when you said Chris Farley, I was I was totally there at the high school in front of it playing football. In a van down by the the river. Oh yeah, I was about to tear a jacket. Well, we get to the next page and uh uh, Shaggy and Fred are still continuing to discuss where they should actually kill the zombies <laughs> while everybody else actually is attacking zombies. We've got Velma trying to get into the mystery machine. We've got She's Daphne tearing a hole through gore. everything. Yeah, we've got Daphne's trying to tear a hole through everything. Yeah, uh, maniac. Uh, Scooby is tearing clothes off of zombie blockbuster. <laughs> and then Daphne starts to freak out uh, because she thinks they're people all of a sudden because Daphne has is well established herself through two issues and a few pages that she is mentally unstable. Yes. Ish. Well, she's, she's definitely going through some stuff right now. I think she was going through some stuff before with her yeah. bottoming television show and it's just yes. showing up here in a crisis. Yeah. 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 I, again, you know, get help Daphne, get help. And I, and I understand why it's difficult right now. And yeah. I, you know, the interesting thing is too. I I was like, she's suffering from this sort of mental health crisis right now. This hits a little bit harder when you read it now mm-hmm. than when it came out for obvious reasons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, honestly, so like we've all been here. 
yeah. Well, and and as she's going through all these things, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, no, this is when you start to spiral out and you realize that there's like everyone around you, one, you don't trust two people. Um, you're angry at a dog for whatever reason. And the one friend you have, you, you're just angry at them too. So yeah, everything is, everything is falling apart and Oh yeah, there's mutants. Yeah. Or well, some sort I, of terrible I, thing happening. And, <laughs> and I'll just say, I don't want to, I don't want to be necessarily a public service message, but you know, there's a ton of resources out there. Yeah. So if you're feeling still crazy in this crisis, you know, yeah. use them. Yeah. Don't. Use them. Yeah. Get help. There, Don't. there's, there's a lot of places you can turn to and there's a lot of people that are, that are there to hear, listen and help out. So utilize them. And with that said, I do think they do a good job in the writing here. They do it in a humorous way at times, but mm-hmm. I think they do a really good job too illustrating what it looks like when you were struggling, but then all of a sudden you're thrust into this super stressful situation. Oh yeah. You're thrust into this terrible thing. And then, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes the people around you, even if you don't want the help are willing to help you out. Like we can see with Daphne, not what she's like, I'm done. I'm yep. done. And Shaggy's like, no, you're not get in the van. Going. Yeah. And so they throw, and then all of a sudden Shaggy's looking for Scooby-Doo and we get the page turn, and we don't know where Scooby-Doo is, because all of a sudden we're back to now. Uh, Have we seen Scooby-Doo yet? No. In now time? Not yet. Just looking back to the first page. Yeah, we do see Scooby-Doo. He was watching Fred. He was watching Fred at the beginning, so we don't have to worry about Scooby dying. I thought they were leaving it too suspenseful for me, like they didn't show Scooby in the teaser. But the... We're back to now, and uh, Daphne wakes up and nobody's there. (laughs) (laughs) Which I liked that touch, right? Uh, To go from her completely stressing out to nobody being there. And then she's about to have another meltdown, and she steps outside, and and there is everybody. And then uh, she goes and and, and (laughs) hugs Fred, and then Fred, of course, asks her if he'll marry, if she'll marry him again. And she's like, no, we're not getting married. How long is this going to last? Is this going to be like a, uh, is this going to be like a Worf and Jadzia Dax type thing here? (laughs) Or is it going to be a Kira and Odo type thing? Oh, because that lasted longer. Yeah. Ooh, that could be Odo. That took forever. Yeah. For God's sake. Was it six seasons before they got together? I believe six seasons. I believe Jim and Pam were together faster. Yeah, but I mean, eh, Jim and Pam are not the, they're not, that's not, that's not a goal. That's and not that goal. show basically ended when they got married. Yeah, that's not a goal. <laughs> Jim and Pam are not the goal. They're yeah. the destination. They're, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're the destination. They're not the goal. They should have been the destination. Or when, uh, oh, shoot, I'm, see, I'm too old for this. Drew Carey and who was the female character? When they started dating, that show was over. Oh, uh, Mimi, yeah. Yeah, that show was over when they started dating. <laughs> it wasn't Mimi. Right? No. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of shows where, you know, so I'm wondering how long this tension goes. And if they actually get together, have we, do we decide that the, the series is over at that point? That's why they can't ever. And that's the great thing about cartoons. Well, this is 36 issues and we can get through one issue a podcast. So it, I don't know that 36. we'll find out necessarily. I think 30, it is 36 issues. Oh my right? gosh. How it went many three weeks years? in a year? So that's oh, we how got many some... months in a year? <laughs> I don't no. think it came out weekly. Have you no, seen the no, art on this? How many? No, no. For uh, for our <laughs> podcast is how many weeks in a year? Oh yeah. It would, we, it would be a bit. I mean, you could, it'd be a while. I mean, we could keep going, but it would be a while. Oh, we should. The, the uh, well, so we've got uh, they're back and they're outside and they're looking down at a town. And they're trying to assess oh, the situation. This is, yeah. yeah, it's a big old fire pit. I write how I like how they have Route US six six six. That's clever. Mm-hmm. It is on fire, and yeah. uh, it's the fire festival. The, yes, the fire festival. This, um, I will say, this panel reminds me a lot of another another apocalyptic book. Oh, do you tell? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it just it has they 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 have striking similarities. They came out before this one, did it? No. Yeah, but it's in Greenwash. So yeah. Well, no, Greenwash came out before this. Blue Wash didn't. Yeah, no. So so, but 
it, we had the the, the that that sketch. <laughs> if you're wondering what I'm talking about, Greenwash and Blue Wash, it's Junior Braves of the Apocalypse, book one and two. Book one is done in Greenwash and book two is done in Blue Wash. It's completely beautiful art. But the, uh, and I know the writers, so. Could not, could not be anybody that, that you know. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, we are back in and uh, we're, we're getting one of those nice panels where we get the conversation, but it's still moving the story. We get the angular panels that make you feel into the story. And mm-hmm. you get this realization finally on the second page here is where Velma's back to, oh my gosh, what have I done? Yeah. And so you're, it's interesting how she vacillates between sort of defending herself against Daphne, but then you know, having these quiet realization moments about the fact that she was clearly a part of this. She is the reason she's part. She's one of six people who caused this Well, and Then we get a nice flashback again. So we're back oh. to them getting into the mystery machine. And I, I again, <sighs> the writing on this, I feel like I'm just a shill for the writing, but I like how the story moves. I, I'm actually not a super huge fan of these flashback, flash forward type things in general. In general. Uh, in general. I think here they do it masterfully, right? And yeah. the transitions are all good. And so you see that moment of reflection and you see her reflecting and Howard Porter and Daly Wilshim draw her there reflecting at the panel. And then all of a sudden you get to the flashback. Mm-hmm. Where she's I mean, screaming, drive, drive, drive. <laughs> I, I will tell you one of the things when when I started, uh, like it's 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 easy to do flashbacks in in film and television. It's hard to do flashbacks well in comics because of these types of things. But they did a great job on this on this page with the way it is laid out and the the work on the edges and stuff like that for the panels that makes it definitely step out and stand out uh so well because it makes you go oh okay this is definitely different than everything else that was on the page before so obviously this is a different point in time a lot of times you see flashbacks that don't really line up that way and it makes it difficult to it takes you out of the story because you have to kind of like mentally recatalog and calibrate because it doesn't you're like, am I, am I, am I looking at a flashback? Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> and I can let, I mean, we'll pontificate on this a little bit more because in junior braves of the apocalypse book two, hmm. uh, you, you don't have a lot of flashbacks, but you do a lot of simultaneous storytelling, which does result in flashbacks to a point, right? Because one story advances and then you have to go back a little bit and tell the other person's story. Right. And so how does, you know, when you're writing that, um, you know, you're talking about how they set up the art here. So Mm -hmm. it's a clear change of scene. Yeah. And there's clearly delineations of the scene. Uh, How do you approach that with the artist? Like, what do you what are you telling Zach when you want to set up that scene? Like, how Uh, are you communicating that? Basically, we we tell them, all right, we're we're going to split the story. We're going to tell these two aspects of it, but uh, side by side. And we want to tree it off this way for a little bit um, with this portion happening and then this portion happening over here. And these kids are going to be doing this adventure and these this group of kids are going to be doing this this thing over here. And then he's kind of got to one either figure out what works best uh, for him as a visual storyteller to make that all line up and be able to break that out to make it so it does line up. So sometimes you can tell um, tell the story side by side in a couple panels and you get it. You get a little bit of this in column A and a little bit of this in column B, if you will, on the page, uh, a couple panels. Um, yeah. And a couple panels and we've seen that we've seen him do it that way. And then we've also seen him do it where, um, he, we've done a, a a text box at, you know, and it's like, uh, and it says, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, the time, right. And then has the, everything play out. And then we text box with the time and everything is playing out with the different people. So, uh, we, we, we kind of lay it out that way. So you can, you can see it in those two different things. Uh, you'll see something else play out um, very, very differently in the next book. Cause he's taking, okay. a, he's taking a different approach to uh, a similar theme. 
like we're talking a similar about. theme, but a different approach. Yeah. And then, and then obviously, and I, I do think it's interesting too. I brought up, I, I briefly brought up junior Braves last time, but I think when you're looking at these two books, there are some similarities that I think if, you know, I'll, I should probably drop junior Braves into the, to the show notes for this one. Uh, just not to show Greg's book, but to, so you can see the similarities and differences in the storytelling of, uh, on a, I'm on a similar theme. Right. Yeah. Where people are dealing with an apocalyptic situation going from this is life as we know it. And, oh, hey, the world has kind of fallen off his axis and, and mutants and there's mutants. And how do we deal with this? Because we are not the best equipped at dealing with all these things because of these things that we have going on in our normal lives. Now, one thing I really do like about this book is how they tell Scooby's story. Oh, yeah. And we're into this, too. We're into the flashback. And in the cartoon, Scooby-Doo is always portrayed as this cowardly dog that's always running away from everything. Uh huh. And I have a very cowardly dog. She's literally yeah. scared of everything. I mean, she is, she is the small version of Scooby-Doo, right? She's a 28-pound shepherd lab mix, and she is literally scared of everything. Mm-hmm. Except... If somebody comes near her owner. Oh. And so if somebody touches my roommate mm-hmm. in any way, she will try to get in between them. Yeah. She's not as aggressive as Scooby is here biting, but I think if she perceived a threat, and it's hilarious because I've seen him do jujitsu training in the garage during COVID, <laughs> right? When yeah. he couldn't go to gyms. <laughs> yeah. And if I let her out to the garage, she would try to get between my roommate and <laughs> who he was training with. Uh, uh, oh he's getting I don't attacked know, I don't know what she thought yeah I don't know what she thought what she was going to accomplish but I do write how Scooby can still be a, kind of a scaredy dog right which mm-hmm. they've established in the story but here we've got the the mutant attacking Velma again and he just like he did earlier he goes and bites the arm like he's hyper aggressive to protect Velma. Uh, the people he's with. And yeah. I like in Velma so far, right? And we've seen him guarding Fred in this issue now too. So he's starting to adapt, uh, mm-hmm. adopt the pack. But I, I think this is really neat storytelling and I like oh, yeah. the approach that they do. And this is a lot, I, I know it's plotted. Obviously it's three people working on it together, right? But a lot of the plotting and layouts, but I like how Porter does the art here and the aggressiveness of, of mm-hmm. Scooby in these situations, but then showing the passivity before, right? Literally yeah. right before this, Scooby is just kind of passively like being a dog Chilling. looking out the window. I'm going for a ride. Yeah. And then, you know, attacking the mutant and you get to the next page and Scooby's still holding onto that arm until Velma can get away. They have to basically get Cry. knock Scooby out of the way. Yeah. yeah. And it's neat. And so then Fred steps up with the gun. Uh-oh. <laughs> the oh, gun's not working. That's not good. Yeah, it's not good. I thought it jammed at first, but no, apparently it was out of, of out, ammo. He's out of ammo. Oh, no. Yeah, which is appropriate because I thought, you know, with Fred's intelligence level so far in the story, like, yeah, he, he would not realize his gun was out of ammo. That, yeah. That seems appropriate. He, so. he would have fired everything and have run out. Yeah. Eat I just your didn't organs. Suck your bones. Yep. Here we go. And that's, it's interesting too. Some of the uh, mutants are talking and some of them aren't. Feast on your flesh. Rawr. He's focused. Yeah. So I, uh, Velma hits the mutant with a, with a <laughs> the first aid kit. And it looks so cool. That effect, that artifact is so awesome. It's like got that blur on it. Like, yep. honestly, like I was like, Oh my gosh. It's moving. I like. I really enjoy the action in this book. Or you it thought is... it was one of those lenticular covers from the nineties? Oh my gosh! Yes, totally. I I was I was excited. I thought they put a little lenticular. Well, I mean, Jim Lee's in this, so I mean, of course, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but then there'd be eighteen covers. Eighteen covers, and all and half of them would be lenticular. Two of them, two of them foil pressed. Oh, geez. But this one's foil. This one's foil. Foil special. So. And what would come with the trading card? Daphne freaks out again. They killed Fred. I'm like, oh, they haven't killed Fred yet. They, they just hurt Fred. Uh, And Daphne or Velma's like, he's not dead. 
and she's still calling Daphne Miss Blake and uh, moving through. Yeah. So now uh, Shaggy's job to get them out of there. And we have a classic uh, chase zombie chase scene yeah. where the zombies, in this case, the mutants are all over the car Oh my! and gosh. they've got to drive out. I, you know, these are some of my favorite movie scenes. So I, you know, there's a lot of dialogue here, but basically it's Shaggy driving the thing through a big heavy door and them smashing out. And, uh, and it looks like when they spin out past the door, it looks like, I don't know what that is on the front, but it looks like his energy drink is falling off the uh, dash. Yeah. So, which I thought is even funnier. So yeah, they, uh, they ran over a lot of things. Well, yeah, they, they ran over a lot of things and somehow Fred still manages to stay on the bed unstrapped down in the back. So that's, that's good. Yeah. Good news. He's a little jacked up. Right. Uh, yeah. And Scooby's yeah. Scooby's taking care of Shaggy. Um, and they're chatting. I love that. I love this. I love the breaks and pauses in the book too, like this. He's uh-huh. like, Reggie, hey, I'm hanging in there. How about you, buddy? Ringing in. You know, I, I, <laughs> they're, they're nice touches though. Yeah, um, totally. And of the I, interaction. And I love like, it's, it's like we know from the cartoon that Scooby and Shaggy talked, but with this like modulator and the eye thing and everything, it, it it's totally like it actually is kind of like a weirdly oddly like scientifically weird believable type thing right and it makes me kind of wish that i could listen to my dogs talk and have conversations with them but then also i don't want to hear them tell me that yeah. they want more of whatever i want the thing you're eating because that's what yeah. they would say i want the thing right. you're eating I do like though again the art thinking about I'm 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 really I guess this podcast I'm just going to be super focused on the way they're drawing Scooby. Yeah. But I like how Scooby pokes his head around here like a dog would do. Oh yeah. To check on somebody. That yeah, kind yeah. of hesitant like something bad just happened. I'm just going to mm-hmm. poke my head around to see what happened, right? Yeah. Uh, and then I'm, I'm going to also point out this like there's so much chaos going on and they do such a great job with these panels. Every one of these panels is off in a way like it's tilted it's turned they're all not the same you've got a circle panel uh you've got squares you've got you know and everything is 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 just in dismay because it's a lot of chaos going on until you get to the round classic 1970s picture frame uh picture of of scooby and shaggy being best friends yeah true true which again, to your point, they they do a really good job highlighting key pieces here. Yeah, and I'm guessing I could be wrong, but I'm guessing when we get that circular focus on these two, I bet we're end, ending this scene. Whoa! I think you're correct. Okay, and they no, they didn't. There's one more page, but it was the end of that scene. Now they're I, looking down at the Blazing Man Festival. So Blazing Man. That's for, yeah. It's so not I was wrong, but it at least, but it did lead to a scene transition. So, yeah. yeah, that whatever that thing looks like, a, it it looks like an alternate He Man, um, like bad guy, like <laughs> like this thing looks like a it could it could be from Masters of the Universe. Just a lot of like teeth. toy line. Yeah, it's just a lot of teeth. Actually, it, it a lot of these teeth creatures. So. Keith yeah. Giffen did a character called Vicros uh-huh. uh, in the Legion that never really took off. It was a he was a vampire, and this is basically what he looked like when he would eat people. Oh, so you think Vicros is Vicros has made his way back? I don't think Vicros has made his way back, but I think that maybe oh, yeah. Howard Porter is tributing that character. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or Keith sketched it out right you know, in his rough plotting sketches uh-huh. yeah, and then Porter's like bringing it to life. But yeah, it was a, it was a vampire, but basically he would just, his whole face would just become a mouse, right? It's like, um, it's like a really muscular leech. Yeah. I want a muscular leech. Give me a leech face with a He-Man body. Done. So now we're back. Now we're to now. <clears throat> now we're to now. Now we're to now after they give you the gravity of the situation. And Lambus. Lebus, food Le launch. Are they, are they cold are, drinks, ice, <laughs> and snacks? All right. And uh, Daphne and uh, Velmar talking. They're having their moment finally where Daphne's like, hey, <laughs> maybe I should talk to Velma like she's a human. That's that's always good when you're in crisis 
you know, to actually have a conversation with those around you like a human. <laughs> They're both doing a little bit of sharing, but but Velma is still guarded, right? Yeah. When she says, I'm not a gregarious person by nature. In fact, I find most social interactions not directly related. Yeah, no kidding. Like everybody already knows that. So it's Daphne starting to sort of open up, but Velma's sort of still sharing the things that people already know about her. Well, I mean, it's typical that, Velma. That they already know about her. I mean, it's not a secret that she's yeah. socially awkward. Yeah. She's been socially awkward the entire story. This is true. She has been, except for when she was in Paris and she was like, be free. She was having a good time. That was like totally what anybody would do in Paris. Right. Be free. Toss viruses, toss nanites into the world. Well, she didn't know she was causing trouble, man. Yes, she did. I don't know. We'll find out. Well, okay. Yeah, we can (laughs) argue about that. We can keep speculating or we can tell the story. So the... uh, uh, the the guys are all in inside the shop and Shaggy finds some Mrs. Hotchberg's Saturn Pies. Woo! Boxes of them. Um, it's apparently what nobody wanted to raid. So there you go. Well, I mean, Saturn and Pies. Fred's, Fred's doing his calorie count there. He's like, oh, geez. Uh, or his carb <laughs> count. He's like, oh, no. And uh, <laughs> Scooby's just looking at all the food they've got. And he's like, yum. Yum. I love food. I like food. I like all of these things. All and the food. Uh, we get, then they flash back to the dialogue uh, between Velma and Daphne, and we get a little bit more disclosure. Um, and Daphne goes back into this plague of yours. It's called value of thousands of lives. And then Velma's like, oh, it's not my plague. So she's still defending <gasps> that and she's still yeah. denying it. Uh, and then they get into the nanites and of course Daphne asks if it can be reversed and Velma kind of starts slinking off. Then we get a flashback to the store and uh, Fred doesn't look like he's so uh, keen on this. He's got nacho crisp and choco cookie snack cakes. Um, <laughs> by the way, uh, Chacos. So there's another Easter egg for you, by the way. Ah, uh, yes. Chacos. Do you remember who ate the Chacos? Uh, Martian Manhunter ate the Chacos? Exactly. In Justice League International. Slot. Yeah. So yes. outstanding. I love that. Uh, Chacos show up other places too. When the Martian Manhunter appeared in Smallville, they showed some Chacos oh, on yeah. the ground. <laughs> I remember that was watching fantastic that and freaking yeah. out because like they're like, oh my gosh. It's like I knew ET. exactly who was going to be there. Yeah. Like, uh, they did. Oh. They did the whole entire yeah. ET thing. <laughs> yep. It was kind of humorous. It's and it's nice to see that Chacos have lived on in the Scooby Doo Apocalypse universe, and so there we go. Fred's carrying the Chacos. Well, they're delicious, dude. And uh, they've got a whole load. Apparently, Fred's going to check out. He's walking toward the check stand. He's going to leave a little something for somebody. <laughs> I feel and bad, we turn guys. The page. Oh, I think I spoke too soon about Vicros. Uh oh. I don't think this is Vicros, but this is looking pretty vampire-y. Well. Uh oh. Well, it's changed all right, but not the way we expected. Uh oh. Yeah. We get next issue fur and fangs. And that's the end. We get an advertisement for All Star Batman number one, written by Scott Snyder, Uh one of the nicest people in comics. Yeah. Man, you know what? <laughs> you might looking at the art and an author lineup. You, you want to guess? Let me give you one guess of whether I bought this book or not. You did? <laughs> Do you see who the artist is? Yeah, you yeah. did not. That's a big no. <laughs> okay, and we get a DC Rebirth checklist, which is fun. Yay! And uh, we're we're done. We're oh, we're done. Man. So what'd you? Yeah, final thoughts here. Oh, I, I, I like where I like how it toggled back and forth between. Like, I, I really like how they did the the whole entire. This is happening now, and this is why it's happening. And then going back and doing that flashback, the flashback sequence that they and how they did it. I. I thought that was really well done. And as a reader, it didn't take me out of the story, didn't take me out of the book and it kept me engaged. And I, that's one of the biggest fears uh, as a writer, as a creator, when you do things like that, will the reader enjoy it? Will they get taken out and will they stay with the story uh, and, and not lose what's going on? Uh, definitely not the case here. Uh, 
just kept trucking along and it didn't even feel like a beat was missing. I, I thoroughly enjoyed everything, um, from point A to point B, uh, as always, like, like the, everything happens when it's necessary and, yeah. and it didn't feel like any moments were lost or any moments were overused. So great use of page space, great use of, uh, yes, even though it's very text heavy, great use of text because it didn't, it didn't feel like it. Right. It, yes. They maximized it to the point where it was like, okay, this is as much as the reader will read. <laughs> I really like how it, the book moves along. Right. But you, uh-huh. it's not a, it's not a five minute book read, right? Like it's no. not one of those action books where there's so little text you're done in five minutes. I mean, you're, you're, you know, when I sit down and read these, if I read these too close to the start of podcast time, I get worried that I won't be able to finish it. It's a good half an hour read. Yeah. And it, I, and it moves the story and builds the characters. Like I know a lot about these characters. I also like how they've continued to establish, even going into the last couple pages, mm-hmm. the way they set up these scenes Right. When Velma slinks off, I know something bad's going to happen. And mm-hmm. then we get back and they've set up their newest, biggest bad, which looks like some sort of vampire. Right. No. But we get this. Is it reversible? And Velma slinks off without saying anything. She starts to walk away from the conversation, mm-hmm. which means, you know, something bad's going to happen. Something bad. Can't help it. It's happening. Sorry. And then even on that last yeah. page, the nice touches of the. Uh, of the art, right? We've got Shazam Cola, it looks like in there. <laughs> of some uh, sort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, yeah, yeah. And we've got the we've got little mice watching the scene. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's little, so many cool nice touches throughout. Yeah, I, we're I probably missing it. a billion of these Easter eggs, right? Like, but the choco cookies oh. I couldn't miss. So you could go back and probably read this over. Sorry, I had a yawn. I apologize. You could you could go back and read this twice three times and still be picking up Easter eggs, which makes it fun. So it's fun art. So, well, on that note, I think we're we're about, we're, we're getting close to our hour here, so we can probably wrap this one up. All right. Well, it was a fun time, man. Good, good pick again. Well, that was you who picked these. So you are. Oh my gosh. I myself on the bat. Oh my goodness. Thank you. See what happens. Greg. Greg forgets that he picked it because I picked no, the comic so often, I, but that there we I go. didn't, I didn't forget. I just wanted to tell myself I did a good job. It's oh, self affirmation <laughs> here on it's, funny book it's, forensics. It's very rare. Anybody ever tells me I did a good job. Wow. That's uh, <laughs> I'm just <joking>. maybe <laughs> no, we, we were talking about that therapy earlier and perhaps I know. it's something you might want to consider. So if you really yes. need somebody to tell you you're doing a good job all the time, no, I don't need that. I just, I, I just needed a pat on the back for a moment. <laughs> so, well, on okay. that note, well, on that <laughs> note, Greg has his pat on the back, and it looks like we're probably finishing up. I don't need a pat on the back this week, so probably is going to be a wrap on this episode of Funny Book Forensics. Till next time.